episode 18 of the I Am Your Friend podcast, and our guest today is our friend Chelsea. What's up? How's it going? It's good. It's good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for coming on. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. It's been a very long time. Yeah, I think since like I was in Fredonia, probably. Yeah, I feel like it might have actually been... Was it that house party we both played? Yeah, which I think was either my senior year. It was my senior year. It was the end of my senior year. Yeah, I remember okay. that. Yeah. Yeah, so what was that now? Four years? 2017. Ago? Yeah, four years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. Time is so weird. It is weird. Ugh. You're telling me. I know it was like going through college, and you went to Fredonia as well, so I'm mm-hmm. sort of, it was a similar experience, but like those four years flew by, and now like we, me and like my group of friends from college are mm-hmm. now in this weird conversation where it's like dude we've been out the same amount of time we were in and yeah it's just like this is fucking weird try man. double that dude i've been out eight years yeah <laughs> it probably goes by just as quick huh? yeah it's super ugh, it's just wild because i i think back to it and um i i had facebook memories coming up recently and it was like this was 10 years ago and i mean none of that stuff feels necessarily 10 years ago you know like a decade ago that's like hard for me to grasp i mean yeah it was a kind of a different life in a lot of ways but that just seems so vast that it's almost impossible sure yeah yeah Yeah, it is kind of uh weird thinking about that 2011 was 10 years ago yeah you know and i'm always a it's such a popular thing now for for bands to do these anniversary tours of albums and seeing like the tours that are getting announced for like 10 year and 20 year tours it's just like oh my god like what happened you know (laughs) makes you feel really old yeah i bet Mm -hmm. i bet yeah yeah i know for me it's like 20 years ago like 2001 i feel like was when i really started to pay attention to music and like get a grasp on how things worked okay so like 2001 there were just so i mean jimmy world's bleed american just turned 20 the other day and it was just like wow like i remember like that album coming out and i remember hearing the middle for the first time you know and like i was like just old enough to like understand Mm -hmm. like what was actually happening it wasn't just noise to me at that point you know right so it was uh it's weird to, to feel like that was 20 years ago. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, well, I'm definitely not a kid anymore for sure. Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, Jimmy Eat World, they are one of my all-time favorite bands ever. Same. Um, so it's funny, though, because you actually did get into them when they were popular, like at that point in 2001. Because right. I didn't get into them until, I mean, obviously I knew they existed. They were Jimmy Eat World. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was kind but, of the same for me. I just, yeah. like, I knew the middle and sweetness and like i knew that album okay um and then i discovered i mean futures i knew like pain because it was in like an nhl video game in like 2004 i think okay uh but other than that i didn't i didn't listen to clarity for the first time until like three years ago probably oh really yeah oh man that record is just it's insane so good i uh Jimmy World, it's just like oh, I could go on forever about them, yeah, but um, please do. Yeah, right. <laughs> I uh, let's think. I got into them, so I saw them open up for Green Day in 2005. Nice. Okay. Wow. Is that the American Idiot? It was the American Idiot. Wow. I, I never knew that Jimmy World was on that tour. They were. Yeah. So they opened up, and that was around the Futures time. And yeah. so at that point, I liked the song Work. I liked Pain. Yeah. Um, but I really only knew the singles. So I saw them play, and it was just like, oh, cool, Jimmy World played. You know, I was there for Green Day. I was 14, and I'm like, Green Day. Um, so then what, like two, three years later, that's when I bought Bleed American. I think it was like the summer after my sophomore year of high school. And then I also bought Clarity shortly afterwards. And like that album blew my mind. Yeah. It was like, what is this band? Yeah, it's insane. It's yeah. just so good. Like Goodbye Sky Harbor. I just, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's the one that's like 13 minutes long, right? Yeah. And yeah. when I first saw it on the record, I remember thinking like a 13 minute 
song, you know, because what I was like 16 or something. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. this is Who has crazy. Time for this? Exactly. Yeah. And it's still to this day, whenever I listen to that record, it's not just something I can put on casually. Like, I listen to it all the way through yeah, every single song. Yeah. And like, I'm still picking out the intricate parts in Goodbye Sky Harbor and like the differences in the music and like the little things he adds layer by layer. And by the end, it's all acapella. It's like, I don't know. I just find that so cool. And, uh, I actually got to see Jim Atkins play solo. Whoa. When was this? Um, it was like 2015, 2016, I want to say. Maybe it was 2015. And it was this small town, middle of nowhere. I drove like six hours to go. I just like had to see it. There were barely any. I mean, it was like maybe 100 people. Wow. Super small. He met everybody afterwards. Of course. He seems super like the coolest chill. dude. Yeah. He was so cool. And yeah. I just like totally geeked that I met. You know, I was trying to be really cool, but I was like. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I like your guitar. It's like. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, he he plays the thin line telly. That thing is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, Jimmy World to me, I was thinking about this recently about how like every band from that era, like as, as I'm getting older and I start to realize like the types of personalities that belong to like especially frontmen of bands, mm-hmm. that they're just like these ego driven like assholes. You know what I mean? Like all of them, you know. And, but it's like, but I feel like Jim Atkins is that one exception that he's just like this normal guy. He's just a dude who just <laughs> likes making music for no other reason than just making rock music. Like he's, he, he's like, he's a dad, you know? He's right. Like, and he's always been like that. You right. Know, as far as, I, as, as deep as I've gotten into Jimmy World and just like watching interviews and live videos and listening to Jim Atkins podcast. Like, it's just like, he just seems like such a normal, like down the middle dad Mm-hmm. kind of guy and it's just like it's so rare to come out of that era you for know sure. what I mean? pass through frequencies with, that's a yeah, podcast, yeah yeah right? very very good podcast that was i think he started it during the pandemic and that was like as soon as i found out jim atkins had a podcast i listened to every episode so. yeah yeah really it's actually funny you're mentioning because uh earlier today i so i've watched one tree hill do you have you ever watched one Tree i have hill? not and okay. i get asked this a lot and i was singing a song recently and someone was like well are you watching one tree hill and i was like no is that in one tree hill they're like yeah it's the theme song I don't know, whatever the theme song is is what i was singing i don't want to oh is that what anything? it was yeah, 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 yeah. Gavin yeah that's definitely what i was singing yeah, yeah. so i mean yes yeah, so the show <laughs> right, is embarrassing i wish i didn't admit that no it's okay i mean listen it's a super corny show i mean like i just chad michael murray right yes Shout like Buffalo. those soapy teen dramas yeah. like i just got into them in my 20s which is whatever but like and i just you know they're a guilty pleasure or whatever but um one of my friends suggested like oh if you have watched one tree hill you should listen to the podcast that the women from the show are doing okay and so i just listened to an episode today because i was like i'll check it out and uh they were actually interviewing one of the other cast members and they were like well who was your favorite musical artist who came on the show because there were a lot of them like that show always had cameos and jimmy world actually came on there oh really and so they were like you know what i'd have to say jimmy world they were just like the nicest guys (laughs) in the world yeah. And I was like, yes, yeah. exactly. Like, we stand. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that like bands were like on actually like on the show. Yeah, that's super cool. Dude, Fall Out Boy. Pete once had a storyline. Oh, my God. All right. I have to watch the show. Yeah. Just he, for like. You got to see it. So what what was like the, the era? Like what years was the show on TV? I want to say One Tree Hill started maybe like 2004. Okay. And ended, I mean, it was on a long time. I had like, I wasn't even really watching it in its heyday, but from what I understand, I mean, it was still on when I was in college. It was on like the CW, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was on. I remember seeing like commercials and stuff for it. Yeah. I mean, it was like, like 10 years or something. I mean, it was around a very long time. Yeah. I'm not going to say, I don't think it was good all those years. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Let's try like the first like three seasons. I'd say you're safe. Sure. Yeah. 
I'll have to check it out because I love shit like that, especially early 2000s stuff. I went down like a, a rabbit hole um, during quarantine of just like a, my obsession was just early 2000s, probably just like for nostalgia purposes from my childhood, you know, mm-hmm. um, I watched like The Sopranos for the first time. I've and, still never uh, seen The Sopranos. I, In my opinion, it's the best drama series of all time. Wow. Okay. Um, I put right. that at number one, probably Breaking Bad at number two. Um, and then I would put maybe Shameless at number three until like season seven, like seasons one through seven of Shameless. I would put it at number three. Okay. Um, but I'm also a big TV guy. Uh, but I, I also watched the show Six Feet Under for the first time. Never seen it. So that was another, it was also an HBO show. Uh, and it was on from like 2001 to 2005, which is like in my, like one of my favorite eras of pop culture. Okay. So like to watch this show and just see like the style of the early 2000s, especially now being like 20 years ago, right? you know, and just seeing how much things have changed, the music that was in it, you know, the kinds of like, uh, Six Feet Under was a show that tried to be actually so is The Sopranos and I think it's just because that's what HBO did was just these um, they tried to be so like culturally in the now you know so like The Sopranos is interesting because it was started in 99 mm-hmm. and you like know when 9-11 happened you know and like right. you just see you just feel this shift in the show mm-hmm. after 9-11 happened and it's just like i don't know i think that's super interesting because it was like that stuff that like i remember but like that was like when my memory was first like forming so like going right. back and watching those old shows i love it just because it's like i think about where i was as a child mm-hmm. and like this was also happening at the same time well around that time you would have been what first grade yeah because we're four yeah, years I was, I was in uh, i was in first grade when when um 9-11 happened yeah 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 i mean it was a pretty obviously a very memorable day yeah, right um, i remember it super vividly yeah, yeah so do i yeah yeah it's wild it's so funny i and i think there was a tweet about this not <laughs> talking about 9-11 let me go it's so funny um but there was something that was like you know why are uh, millennials so sensitive or, or have, you know, all these mental health issues that it's like, maybe it's because we saw a terrorist attack live on TV when we were toddlers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, I never thought about like how traumatic that really was, you know, for everybody to see like, and the fact that like the response of teachers to children was like, let's all watch and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you know? my recollection was that, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even know what the World Trade Center was. Yeah. I had never been to New York City. So I didn't even know. I am, I'm six years old. I lived, I've never left South Buffalo at this point. Like, I right. think that's the entire world. Yeah. You know? Right. So it's like you're hearing about it. And I mean, they stopped us in the middle of the day. They told us what had happened, but it didn't even register to me because I didn't even understand what the building was. I didn't understand like the gravity of, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just, and you're still a kid. And so it's like, and then I remember going home and you're seeing it on the news, but it just didn't even, it didn't feel real. Cause I was what, like 11, maybe I think, I guess I was yeah. like 11. Um, well, if you're four years older than me, you would have been 10 or 11. But yeah. 10 or 11. I'm yeah. trying to, yeah, I guess September, my birthday's in November. So maybe I was oh, like 10. Yeah. So late birthdays confuse the shit. I mean, trying to figure out what your age was, you know? Exactly. I know it's like, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so it was just a, a weird and I guess yeah it would make sense that it obviously probably did have some trauma but um just the recollection of it even though it's super vivid it's just such a like odd thing because I think there was a big disconnect for me being a child and also not even it's like obviously when you saw it on tv you realize like wow that's a huge building a lot of people were lost this is horrible but you're still a child so I feel like there's how do you even process that right Yeah. yeah it was just a you know Obviously, horrible thing. So, yeah, it anyway, is crazy. 
is weird. And then they decided to put us all on social media right after that, which probably wasn't a great, a great decision on their part, you know? Social media? Yeah. It was just like, watch 9-11 happen, sit with that for a few years, and then get exposed to everything forever. Well, so, okay. When <laughs> did you start going on social media? Real young. I mean, yeah. I had like AIM, you know? Or aim if you were if you were calling it that, uh, like when I was like eight or nine, you know, just talking to my like I was definitely in like second or third grade, uh, and had aim, which was obviously I mean, I don't know if that counts as social media. It's just an instant messenger, but it was just like that was like the first time being like connected with my friends online mm-hmm. and making like some sort of a profile and setting your away message right, and all that the stuff. The buddy like, profile, right, 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 yeah. and just caring you know, mm-hmm. about your presence online, right? And then MySpace came around and I was in like probably the fifth grade when I was on MySpace. Wow. I was like 10 years old. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, so you were on it really young. I mean, yeah. I definitely had AIM probably from age 12. and But that's all I really did. I didn't even have Facebook till I was 18. Wow. Because I didn't want it. And I didn't, I never want, I want, never had a MySpace. Because I was just like, I was really insecure. I mean, it was very uncomfortable. You know, I mean, it's same. like, yeah. and I didn't want to really post pictures of myself on the internet. A mix of insecurity and also like, we got hammered with those videos of like, this is what happens when you're on the internet. Yeah, and you yeah, put yeah. a picture in like yeah, sexual predators. Danger, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, that's just Chat like, rooms. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coursing through my anxiety ridden mind. Like, yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, it took me forever to get on social media. And then, you know, I mean, once I did, it's like, well, now I'm, I'm on it, I guess. But right. I've had to get better at it just because because of the nature of the job in radio, being involved with music, doing like freelance art. It's like, I feel like I need to have it. But honestly, if I didn't have any of those things, I probably wouldn't be on it. Right. right, right. I don't know. That's cool. That's great, honestly. (laughs) Um, For me, it's more of an insecurity thing in a different way. And for me, it was like, oh my God, I I want people to like me. So it's just like, so I'm just going to expose myself to the world and just hope that they like me, you know? And because that was just like, uh, I mean, growing up in South Buffalo, like I didn't necessarily like fit in everywhere. You know, I went to Catholic school. It was a small school. I was kind of a weird kid. Um, too. Yeah, I was the second youngest of six boys, mm-hmm. you know, um, and like wasn't into sports. And like all the dudes I was in school with, like loved hockey and football and stuff. And I was like, I like music. And they were like, shut up, nerd. And uh, that wasn't necessarily true. But I mean, I had like I had friends <laughs> and shit, but it was just like, I don't know. The Internet, I found it was like a new way to like be liked, I guess. I mean, and I probably didn't think about it that deeply, but I think that's how I was using it for a long time. Uh, and then, you know, MySpace came around and then Facebook, when I was 13, Facebook had just changed it so that it was no longer just for college kids. Okay. And now, and then it was like, okay, 13 plus can have a Facebook. And again, I'm one of the youngest ones in my family, not just my immediate family. Like my cousins and shit are older, older than me too. Mm -hmm. So like they all had it, like they all had Facebook. Okay. They were all in college and stuff. And I'm in like seventh grade and it finally just Facebook makes it okay. 13 plus can now have Facebook. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to get on it and add all my brothers and cousins and stuff like that. Right. So I was on Facebook by 13. I remember being in seventh grade and once I made it, and like telling people in school like oh yeah i made a facebook yesterday like you can we can have facebook now and everybody's like what is facebook like nobody had any idea yeah you know and then instagram came out maybe two years later Mm -hmm. um 
And I remember not knowing Instagram was a social media. I thought it was just a photo editing app. Yeah. So I was just posting constantly, just random pictures because I didn't, I didn't know I was even posting. Right. Like I thought I was just putting these filters on and like making these pictures look cool. And then all of a sudden someone was like, why are you always posting like pictures of Tom DeLonge? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't even know. And then realized I had a bunch of followers and like, I'm just posting pictures. That's of, hilarious. Of guys and bands that I just think the pictures look cool. You know, when yeah. I was like 15. Yeah. And then it was, yeah. And then Tumblr came around when I was in high school. Um, and I got that. I mean, I was like making YouTube videos when I was wow. in like sixth grade, like putting shit out, you know, like I've always been connected. And that's why it's like, and now I kind of have come to that realization of like, oh my God, like this huge chunk of my life, I've just been exposed to ridicule and criticism and no wonder I hate myself, you know? Well, do you think you would ever be able to go without it? I mean, do you ever take breaks with that? Yeah, Yeah. I started to. So um, after college is when it was really, is really when it started to set in that I was like, what are we doing here? Like, I was like, we all just had these like personalities, like these virtual personalities yep. that are like different than who we actually are. Yep. And like, and I had just such trouble. F- I felt very like lost in the world after college because um, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and so, and I just like, you know, a lot of my friends were still in Fredonia and I was like angry that I wasn't still there, that mm-hmm. I didn't get to still be there. So I just like unfollowed all of them. You oh. know what I mean? Cause it was like, I don't want to see this. And then they were, you know, and, but then all of them are like, Aiden just unfollowed us and everything. What the fuck? And then I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, none of this matters, you know? And then I just like removed myself from everything. And the longest I ever went was six months. Okay. Which was during the pandemic. Okay. Um, at like the height of like the George Floyd protests and everything Yeah, was just like, you know, I always felt like I was just like, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. They're doing this wrong. And it was just like, everybody was just criticizing how everybody was doing anything when it came to that. And so I just was like, I don't need to do this. You know what I mean? Like I can still care about the issue and try to do it on my own terms. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that's what like being an activist is, um, and not just, posting every single thing and making sure you're doing it in the right way and conveying the right message and constantly criticizing yourself and everybody else around you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just completely deleted all of my accounts, like straight up, like was gone for like six months. And then, right. um, and it was like the timing, it was summertime, you know, it's, uh, and, and COVID numbers started to go down last summer. So it was like, all right, I can hang out with people again. I don't need to be on this and, and keep up with all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, numbers went up again in the fall and then that's when I got back on it because it was like okay now I don't see people at all and like I don't know what people are talking to you know what I mean because it's like especially me and all my friends like that's we all interact on social media like it's part of like how we communicate right so once you get off of that it's like my friends almost like I don't know what they're doing you know and I don't know what's going on and I'm left out of inside jokes and stuff that start on Twitter and Instagram or whatever okay so then I got back on it. And then honestly, since then I felt I've had a good balance on it, but yeah. I had to get off for a while and kind of figure like, just kind of realign myself. So, well, it's interesting. Cause I feel like even just this four year difference between us, I think that like, even just that, because you guys were younger when you were getting introduced to it and on it, I guess like, I think a big thing for people who are, cause I'm 30, yeah. like people who are like in their early thirties, maybe even late twenties. I don't know. Um, we didn't have 
smartphones right all during high school yeah really i got my first smartphone my freshman year of high school okay so there you go so it's like i mean i had like a flip phone the thing is i don't even think i had a cell phone until i was like maybe 17 like my own cell phone well that's kind of funny because my so like that's how so again i have older brothers right so my brothers like my parents were like you're not getting a cell phone until you're 16 right Mm -hmm. but then by the time i was like 11 or 12 right so that was the rule for my older brothers but by the time i was like 11 or 12 it was like all my friends have cell phones. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of like a thing that my parents had to like adjust and be like, okay, this is different now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be left out if I don't have a cell phone until I'm 16, you know? Right. So I got one when I was like 12, I got just like a flip phone, you know? And that's all I had was just flip phones really. Yeah. Um, and then like my freshman year of high school, I think I got an iPhone. Okay. Um, and it was like one of my brother's old ones, you know? Okay. And from then on out, I was just connected all the time. Yeah. Cause I had, I had a flip phone even into college. And then I think I got this like knockoff Blackberry my <laughs> senior year of college. And then like, I didn't get a smartphone until I started working at Alt Buffalo because wow. they were like, you should really have a smartphone. And I didn't want one. And they yeah. were like, but you need to take pictures. And I was like, okay. And then you know, so I got one and I mean, obviously now I, I have one and I try and, um, you know, distance myself at times because it is addictive. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said before and it hit the nail on the head. It's like social media feeds into all of our, you know, I think a lot of us at least feel that need to be liked. Yeah, I mean, totally. It's, it's, it's just the like, human condition. Right. It's like the yeah. approval We're a tribal thing. species. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, and you want approval and whatever. And I mean, I've definitely dissected before, like, why do I care so much? Like how many... people tap on this picture it's like because it really like you said like it is not real and i mean if you go through i don't know i feel that everyone might have their own little individual experience you described yours like i've had a couple too where you just kind of have this reality check of if this app disappeared tomorrow if the internet we'd all be fine left right none of that (laughs) stuff equates to real life i mean like i guess in a way you could argue it does just because say that you're in a band or something you're posting about your show and so you have a certain fan base that's now following you and that's the way people follow you now you know people don't find out about your show by like going down elmwood and seeing posters usually it's like they go on social media so in that way i guess yeah you can argue that it translates at the same time we'd adjust though right like and if you're posting just like a selfie that people like i mean that's all well and good but like in the real world i mean none of those likes no matter how many likes you got like what does that mean right here like (laughs) in tangible space you know so it's just interesting but i mean i you know i fall victim to it too it's like yeah uh, we all do it's like i'm I'm not gonna pretend like i don't right (laughs) yeah yeah and it is funny and there's definitely some sort of so there's definitely some sort of gap right even between you being only being four years older than me like our Mm -hmm. our distance age is not that much but there is a generational because of the timing so like i am technically both a millennial and Gen Z. Okay, are you Z? Yeah, okay. I'm like the first. Gotcha. We're the el- I was born in '95, and the '95s are the elders. Gotcha. Okay. From the what I've read. Z. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so right. it's like there's this kind of crossover window that exists that's like '95 to like '98 or '99. Okay. That's like are considered both really. Okay. Um, and that I think like from my own conclusion would be that that is what that shift is is that we like. You know, I, Facebook came around when I was in seventh grade, mm-hmm. right? Smartphones came out when we were, I was a freshman in high school, maybe a little bit earlier. I mean, the iPhone came out in 07, which is what I would, would have been in middle school. So, like, that shift was so big for being, you know, 
12 years old and younger you know so it's like I, I think that's really what that shift is and i notice it in like everybody i talk to that's even just a few years older than me yeah but there there is that difference of being like growing up kind of alongside it and like or like knowing even a little bit without it mm-hmm. for for a lot of your childhood makes it makes a big difference yeah well because even though we had the internet and we had things like aim and we had social media you had to go to your computer to right. go on it sure like and even in college when we didn't you know most of my friends didn't have smartphones during college like you know we were on our laptops don't get me wrong we were on facebook and you know socializing in that way but it was like you had to actually log on your laptop go on to facebook we also just had digital cameras we didn't have smartphones you weren't uploading stuff right away like you'd go to parties you'd take pictures that night but then you know you put your camera away there's like no one commenting on it right yeah. away and then the next day maybe like you know the real um ambitious of us would go and upload the pictures right away onto facebook yeah, like oh last that. night's yeah. weekend you know yeah. um or Someone had last a digital night's weekend camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. The digital camera. But uh, so, yeah, there's that different thing. But um, actually, I'm curious. So when I was in high school, because I didn't have social media, what I did, though, check religiously was AbsolutePunk.net. <laughs> did you go on AbsolutePunk.net? Uh, I did not. I, I, I probably did. I remember okay. the website and I've uh, uh, I've heard of that you know, before and I can almost picture it in my head. So I'm sure I did, but it wasn't like a regular thing. Oh, I was you know? obsessed. That's what I was checking. That yeah. and Wikipedia articles about bands I like. I also was like real into um hip hop when I was in high school. Okay. So I was on Hot New Hip Hop a lot. Okay. And Dat Piff, which were basically the same kinds of things, you know what I mean? It was just like music blogs, but it was all around rap music. Um I like, mean like Mac Miller came out when I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school and it just like changed everything. Like all, every at least at my high school like everybody was into like just mac miller and yeah. kid cuddy and kanye it was like that's all anybody cared about so um i do remember absolute punk but I, I didn't go on there but i did have so a similar experience though where i was just like going on those websites but at the same time like at this point twitter and and facebook were just like a thing so it was just like everybody would just talk about that's how i would just right on there. on there yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it's funny i just i was I would always go to Absolute Punk because they had like message boards. So it would be a whole page of news of what was happening, you know, and they had little icons for like everything. So it'd be like, oh, Fall Out Boy's doing this, Say Anything's doing that, like, you know, what other bands were hot at that time, you know, early, early 2000s stuff. Like yeah. it would have stuff about most of the pop punk stuff, you know, some like punkier stuff, um, sometimes some pop, but, you know, it mostly stayed like I remember... Uh, you know, like uh, Taylor Swift or somebody like covered a boys like girls song and they like posted that in there. It's like Taylor Swift covered this song last night, you know, and then there's all these people on the message boards like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe she would do that. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Taylor Swift. So. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, but I actually um, talk about how much I love Taylor Swift on this podcast a lot. So. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We should talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just and I think I was so obsessed with it because at that point in my life, like I loved music. I played guitar. I would sing to myself, but. I was not performing and it was kind of my dream to be like part of that whole scene and that whole thing. And I yeah. thought like, wow, these people are so cool. Like right. everyone, you know, so you're kind of like stalking these boards. Like I want to be like them. Yeah. But, you know. That's interesting. That's yeah. super funny. I like that. <laughs> when did you start performing? Oh geez. Um, my first like performance ever was when I was, I think 17, but like, I was terrified. I mean, it wasn't like something yeah. where it was like, oh yeah, like that felt exhilarating. Like, <laughs> I got to do that again. It was like, I did it. I performed my original song. I was happy I did it. But like, I was like, I felt like I was going to throw up. And I mean, I know I want to do this, but 
I just that was horrifying yeah, like, yeah especially like you know you were saying you were a person that didn't really like putting yourself out into the world so that has to be a, a, a tough hurdle to get over yeah exactly it was just like I remember the leading up to the performance I was obviously just a wreck like I was yeah. like so nervous and I was trying not to show I was that nervous it was just an open mic night at my high school it wasn't wow. like some high stakes I, I preferred it open but, mic nights at my high school too. right there, there would be like seven people exactly it's like there's like yeah. no one there yeah. but like I was just like freaking myself out I just kept thinking like well you know it's your song and no one else has to know like how you envision it being sung and like Bob Dylan was really famous <laughs> and people didn't like his voice so like not that I'm like Bob Dylan, but right, I was like, right, right. but, but just, you'll be fine. Cause like, you know, you don't have to have the best voice and it's okay. And I think it was um, finding ways to reassure yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but I did it. And you know, the response, whether people were just being really nice or whatever, it was positive. You know, yeah. people were like, wow, you wrote that. And that was really great. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to do it again, but, uh, it just took me a very long time to not only like get the, um, confidence to perform, but also to just find my voice. Yeah, Totally. You know, because I think we all start um, with imitation. Absolutely. Because how can you performer, not? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so I just I mean, I was doing uh, Mark Hoppus impression probably for most of actually what's funny is people give me um, tell me I sound like Kenny from the starting line. Oh, no way. Which is like which is funny because like I was when I first started performing like the starting line was like my favorite band. OK. And it's funny that all these years later, like people still pull that out. Mm-hmm. that I sound like Kenny from the starting line. And I'm like, damn, like I don't even hear that. Like the, but it's, but it's in there, but it, and it makes sense. And I, I get that one and I get Brendan Urie, uh, a lot too, which again, around the same time when I started performing, like panic at the disco was like huge, you right. know? So, um, it makes sense, but it, it's funny how, like, I feel like I've, I have at this point found my own voice, but it's, you know, in there somewhere. I'm it's still going to be influenced do- by other right. people. Totally, totally. I think like, Maybe what was a challenge for me was like I was listening to artists um, that, you know, women who had high range voices and I just don't. And so it was like I was trying to sing like that, but it sounded like just an imitation because it's this falsetto that is really not my voice. I can relate to that so much. Again, like my speaking voice is very low. Exactly. You know, but I was listening to fall out boy and the starting line and blink Me two and these guys that had these high voices mm-hmm. and singing these high registers and i was just losing my voice every night when yeah. i after i would perform because i'm trying to sing these like high songs that i'm just not meant to sing and literally didn't accept that until like a year ago really like yeah like finally i've finally just started writing songs that are just like like I don't know, singing in like a lower register for the first time that I'm just like, listen, I'm not (laughs) that pop punk vocalist. I'm just not. And I just have to play to my strengths and I can sing really well in this register. Mm -hmm. So instead of trying to push to be something I'm never going to achieve, this is where I have to be, you know? Yeah. But that's the great part about being a performer and finding your voice. Like when you do have something that's your own, I mean, and then it's you, you know, it's like, obviously you're going to be influenced by other people. That's just how it goes. But it's kind of nice when you can find your own range and something you're comfortable in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when did you, you get to that point? Because you do not sing very high. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. Um, I'd say I kind of started to discover my voice in college. Yeah. I was in a band um, and I would also perform open mic nights with a friend of mine. Cool. Um, so when you were at Fredonia, were open mic nights still at EBC? Uh, no. Where were they at? They did um, um, the ones I was usually performing at were actually on campus at what is now a Tim Hortons. Oh, but okay. then yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, um, I don't even know what it was. It wasn't Tim Hortons yet. That didn't happen to my senior year. 
Okay, um, so it was just a random like space in the Williams Center. Yeah, it was yeah. just like a space in the you know the Common Center or whatever. And uh, we would just I I would typically perform with this one friend of mine, and she was in acapella groups, and she was a really great singer. Like she had actually transferred to Fredonia from, um, where had she gone? Maybe Ithaca or something. And she had gone there as a vocal major. Oh, wow. But then when she transferred to Fredonia, she was like, I don't want to be in the music major anymore. And so sure. she changed her major and whatever. But she obviously had much better grasp on voice technique than I did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, I just wrote my songs and I wanted to perform them, but I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So she kind of like coached me a little bit and oh, that awesome. helped. Um, and I would do harmonies for her and stuff. But then I got into a band and you know, at first was still kind of doing that imitation singing. And then it was just like, this is just isn't working. Like, what do I need to change here? And suddenly it was like, you know what? I'm just going to be like Courtney Love. Like, I'm going to be super aggressive and Fuck just yeah, shout dude. most of the time. So started doing that. And yeah. then I got a little more confident with the lower vocal. And then as time went on, you know, graduated college, got into Wolf, Stress Dolls, whatever. It's like Wolf. That was the band. Yeah. I, I was trying to think of it and I couldn't remember Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. yeah I that, think that's how we met because I think uh, Pat and I booked you for uh for bj's at one point yes that or actually i was thinking about earlier i'm like i feel like i remember you correct me if i'm wrong but were you in laura johnson's class when she came to have me speak about sexual harassment whoa (laughs) maybe i don't know if i remember that okay because i had i had laura for classes all through like freshman to senior year so maybe it was like a freshman or sophomore thing that i I might not remember because i was thinking about i was like i feel like you might have been there like in my hazy recollection because i remember just talking i mean this was back in 2015 2014 i mean it would have been like a sophomore yeah it was a a long time ago but i remember she had me come speak because i had talked to her in confidence about some experience i had at the radio station i do this is coming back to me yeah and she was like you should come talk to the kids like you know they need to know that these things happen she was the best oh she's amazing she's the reason i'm doing a podcast yeah she was like we had a whole class that literally like she just talked about how podcasting was just the future of audio you mm-hmm. know and we were all audio majors and she was just like listen i know this is like a radio thing but like that kind of, that's kind of dying yeah. you know and like here's this is kind of what's coming in and like it was really cool that like you know she was able to recognize that mm-hmm. and just like we did a whole class like dedicated to understanding podcasting and like we'll just listen to random podcast episodes and stuff and yeah. uh, it was really cool and so that's literally like I would not be here doing it if it wasn't for that so well, that's awesome yeah. she uh when I was there she had like just started kind of teaching us about the podcast thing like we listened to certain ones um what's that one that I think NPR does um she showed us that yeah yeah I uh, uh they make fun of it on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it's and I called. can't remember what it's yeah. called, but she showed us that one and maybe like uh, another one or two. But um, it, she was still, you know, mostly we were kind of being taught as far as radio just because it, I mean, it was definitely on its way out in a yeah. lot of ways, but uh, it was still, I guess, somewhat viable. I don't know. I remember yeah. it was Todd Brody who came in um, and I love Todd. And like, he was just right away like, okay, so just so you know, like, this is not a living anymore. Like, and literally it's like, you know, I had just been in the major for like four years, not saying that like I was necessarily, you know, I was kind of goofing off in college a little bit. So it wasn't like I was in it and I was like, yes, like my career, like whatever. But you know, it's like, he says that and you're like, Oh crap. Like maybe I should have double majored. Like maybe I should have done something else. Um, but you know, it was, uh, it was, it was well worth it at the end of the day. Yeah. That's funny. I probably would have been working in radio 
post-college had I uh, gotten an internship, which I tried really hard to get and didn't get, which is crazy because, like, everybody got that internship. And uh, I think for me it was just, like, horrible timing. It was just, like, whoever – I don't remember who it was, but there was somebody – whoever was, like, in charge of the program, the internship program at Intercom, Mm -hmm. I was emailing with them. They were letting me know like when the application process was starting and like or when that window was opening, whatever. And I was like working with them and like getting the application together, whatever. And then that person like was gone. They just left like oh. out of nowhere. And then a new person came in and were like, like had nothing about me. You know what I mean? Like I had been working with this person to get that internship. And then like that person had left. Oh, and then this no. new person came in and was like, I have nothing on you anywhere. Like, so I had to start all over. Oh, my God. And then I, like, I don't know what happened, but I ended up, like, just there. I didn't get it. I feel bad. I feel, was I working there at the time? Probably, but I don't think we knew each other. Okay. I was going to say, you could have contacted me. (laughs) I think, I mean, I believe in silver linings that, you know, things happen for a reason, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I didn't end up getting, but it was, like, one that internship started, it was, like, a bunch of my friends were doing the internship. And I was like, I was the only one who didn't get it for some, because this is just weird timing thing. But it was like, yeah. I don't know, whatever. I don't think I wanted to work in radio anyway, but I think oh. I would have had a, a semi idea of, you know, when I finished college, it was literally like, I have no fucking idea what I'm <laughs> about to do, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. And even yeah. if you supposedly have it all sorted out, right. things change and, right. you know, life leads down different paths. So. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah. So I double majored because I was also a music business major. Mm-hmm. And my music business advisor uh, basically told me I had like a job lined up for me. Oh, uh, right out of college, which never existed. I found out afterwards. So, um, yeah, there were a lot of just setbacks I had to face, uh, which is tough at 22 when you think like everything's about to work out. You know, it's like I did everything right. Yeah, I went and I got my straight A's and I did my extracurriculars and I did all this work, whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like so now now I'm going to start to get the job and get to whatever all these doors are that are supposed to open when you have a degree, you know? And then it's like, I'm working at Best Buy at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, even if you were to have worked in radio, I guarantee you like everybody there had a second job Yeah, because you couldn't make your living off of it right, anymore. Right. You know, I, I, maybe if you were in the sales side, yeah. but if you're on the production side or the on-air personality side, it's like yeah. the people who have been in the game for like 30 years, they're fine. But like anyone getting into it now right. or then it's it was like, yeah. yeah, it's like you had to have supplemental yeah. income because well, there was just no way. And now... 1077 yeah. is a country station. I so. know. And now it's kaput. So yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad to see. Um, all Buffalo was cool. I really liked uh, just like what it was. It seemed like the only station of like credibility or I don't know about credibility, but like that had any integrity for caring, you know? I mean, and even like you having localized was just like, the coolest thing that it was like, oh my God, one of the radio stations is playing local music. Like, it's like, that should not be such a foreign concept. And I it was know. like, it was so cool that it was able to happen. So um, tell me about starting at Intercom and eventually getting your own show. Wow. Okay, sure. Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge that what's really cool is that you did Local Lowdown at WCBF. I did, yeah. So, yeah. all right. So before we get into that, we'll tell this. So mm-hmm. you started Local Lowdown, right? That was mm-hmm. your... So Local Lowdown was a, was a show that Chelsea started at Fredonia Fredonia Radio Systems, shout out WCVF. Yes. Um, and so 
it was a show that was dedicated all to local music. Um, and you had live performers. You'd have people come on, like local artists come on and perform, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only had it for one semester because I, I, I was PD my senior year and I didn't come up with the idea till Christmas break. So then it was like when I came back. So I only had it for one semester. So yeah. Lexi really took it over after. Okay. You know. I so, left, all right. But... So Lexi takes it over mm-hmm. after for a year, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Um, And then she graduates and passes it to me, mm-hmm. which I had it for then two years. Okay. I think I took it over my. No. No, she was a year older than me. So she had it for a little bit. So maybe she had it for like yeah, three years. Yeah, she had it for a few years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then when she graduated, she passed it to me. And then what I did was I was working with Pat Walker uh, uh, booking at BJ's. Mm-hmm. So we, I was like, let's, I think it was originally on Thursday nights. So I was like, okay, well, BJ shows are on Wednesday nights. So let's just move local lowdown to Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. And then whatever band is going to be playing at BJ's that night, have them come on the show. That's a great idea. You know, so that's what we did and would have whoever was playing BJ's would come to the radio station, do an interview, do an acoustic performance. Mm -hmm. uh, And then, you know, we'd just, hey, come down to BJ's and see them tonight, you know? Right. So like that kind of thing. And that was just super cool for me because this is how I got to like know all of these bands and kind of become like made all the friends that I did in the Buffalo music scene that I was like not a part of. And then eventually... It was a warm welcome for me because people already knew me from doing that. So yeah, for sure. So then you go on to work at Intercom and and yeah, take local or local lowdown exactly to two point I guess yeah. maybe. I, I mean, what's really cool is local lowdown. I think actually still exists while localized does not. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that said, um, yeah, what was awesome was that um, obviously CVF had local music in the system. It just hadn't been updated in forever. And so since I was so into music and I really loved going to the bars and seeing musicians and I was kind of getting more into the Buffalo scene and, you know, who was actually from here playing around, um, it was just kind of fun to explore that more with local lowdown and so then once i did that show and even though it was only one semester it was like wow there's a lot of really great bands in this area like legitimately very good you know i feel that there's this stigma with local music as if it's kind of cheesy or something i don't know or that it's not good enough to be but guess what every band that's ever been famous starts out as a local local band band at some point so um anyways i i was working in intercom i was actually doing uh, Kiss ninety eight point five, weekend night shifts. Oof. Um, yeah, <laughs> all during my senior year. Um, and so then once that stopped, I was a producer for a short period of time for the news station. But during that time was when they said that there's going to be an alternative station, and I was like, there is. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if they'd be cool with the idea of a local music show. And so uh, Nick Rivers, the PD, was hired and I went in to speak with him and I brought it up like, you know, I would really love to do the local music show. You know, I did one in college and I'm really passionate about it. And and to his credit, he was just like, yeah, okay, like, run with it. And I was like, great. Awesome. So like, you know, he let me name it like he let me do everything. So that was pretty amazing. I mean, I really had full control of that entire thing, which was awesome because yeah. I, I don't think that that's usually something that happens in corporate radio totally um so the fact that he let me just run with it was super cool absolutely and that's and like i was saying like that's kind of <clears throat> why i liked alt buffalo it was just this it was cool like it was this new radio station which mm-hmm. you don't get a new radio station you know and it was playing music that i liked like i remember when alt buffalo first started um and i would just like tune into it every once in a while and i was driving home one night 
and I just like put it on 1077 and uh, the story so far was playing. Okay. And I was like, yo, the story so far is playing on a radio station. Like that's, to me, that was like the craziest thing because the only thing I was used to hearing on radio was just like top 40 mm-hmm. and like country music and whatever the fuck 1033 was doing. <laughs> and uh, so it was like to hear like this, like newer, you know, not necessarily, I mean, I guess like indie punk band on the radio was like, oh, okay, like this is something different, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then, you know, to have the, the local music show and everything and have a platform to, you know, have my music on the radio was just like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, it was super fun. And as you said, with Local Lowdown, that you felt that experience allowed you to meet so many different people in the scene. That's how I felt that Localized was yeah. for me. You know, I, I met so many um local bands and artists and I made a lot of friends and what was great was that I was also a musician myself so if a band came on the show I really liked I would be like you want to play a show together sometime yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and I mean most of the time people were receptive to it and it was really fun because I got to play with these musicians who I admired and really dug their music right yeah it was kind of the same for me uh doing that because then I you know just booked myself to open BJ's Fest when there, there was like go. a bunch of bands I looked up to, I was opening for, and I was like, yeah, let me open it. Like, let's do it. <laughs> Why not? You know, it was my senior year. It was the last show. So I was like, all right, I'm giving myself this one. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, that that is cool. Uh, and and what? so you ended up leaving Alt Buffalo, um, bef- obviously before they dissolved. Yeah, I left in uh, 2017. Yeah, 2017 to move to Nashville. Oh. That's why I left. I don't. I, why don't I remember that? I knew you left. But I didn't. Remember Probably why. because it was kind of a shit show. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I've talked about it on social media, I guess, a little bit, and it was basically what my last album was about. So I suppose I'll just talk about it now. So basically, what happened was that uh, I still I have chronic illness issues, um, and namely GI issues, and ulcerative colitis is a big part of that, um, and. I wasn't officially diagnosed for quite some time, but I started having the symptoms probably like senior year of college. Um, But it was able to function pretty normally for a while. And then I started to get really sick. And honestly, I was just in the mindset of I'm young and this can't be happening and I don't want it to be happening. So I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening. I mean, I don't think consciously I was thinking that, but I think subconsciously that's where my head was at. Because even though I felt like I was acknowledging what was wrong in certain ways i mean i definitely wasn't taking care of myself because i had ambitions and things i wanted to do and the biggest ambition was i want music to be more than just my hobby like i want to be somewhere in the music industry whether that had been a songwriter or an artist or you know in the the dream world it was like wow i'm an artist and i'm signed and whatever but it's like i would also like been cool with songwriter just somewhere in the music industry and so i was like the only place I didn't want to be in New York. I didn't really want to go as far as LA, but I loved Nashville. I had visited a few times. I was like, I want to go to Nashville. So I moved there. Um, Great time. Very fun. Um, Probably not as fun as it could have been because I just kept getting sicker. (laughs) And uh, to the point where I, you know, had to um, come home. I came home for Easter, I think. And uh, my parents were just like, you got to go see the doctor. Like, you are not well. I mean, it was obvious. And I was like, okay. And, 
you know, then I was hospitalized for a month and I had a procedure. It went wrong. Oh, damn. It was a disaster. It was just like crazy. And so after that whole thing, I come home and I move back in with my parents. And at first I was like, I kept my apartment I'm in Nashville. I'm like, I'm going to go back. Then a month came and went. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get back. You know, it's just like I was just too sick. And so it's like, all right. So that was like a whole mental, you know, circus of... <laughs> Just like feeling like, okay, like my dreams are crushed and, you know, these things aren't going to happen. And the, the thing is, who's to say anything would have happened anyway? I could have very well been there and like nothing ever would have happened with music outside of it just being something I love to do. I mean, that's also very plausible. Um, but it just kind of felt like when I was there, I was only there for about six months, but it just just being there, you really felt like things could change and like things were happening. And I was starting to book shows and I was meeting musicians and like I was co-writing with people and it was feeling really great. And then uh, it all went away. That said, um, once I, you know, started to feel a little bit better, um, I started recording with my friend Charles Duzel from this band Lone Star Sailing. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I love his music. He's just like one of my favorite songwriters locally. Um, so he has a studio in his basement. So we started like just collaborating and uh, f initially from afar because I honestly was so ill. I could like hardly leave my house. But like then once I started to feel a little bit better, like I was able to go to his house and we would record more and whatever. And then I started collaborating with my friend Jay from the band The Demos from Rochester because it was like, well, why the hell not? It's like might as well just be collaborating with different people I've always wanted to because it's like at this point, I just want to make music because I love it and I'm sick of worrying so much about what it might mean as far as like a career and blah, 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 you know. Um, and I don't know, it just really, I think in a weird way, like the experience made me love music again. Not that I didn't love it before, but it was almost like a re-realization, I suppose, of like why I even do any of this in the first place. Totally. You know, it was yeah. like, okay, like I do this because I love doing it and it's super fun just to collaborate with people. And for the last release, it really wasn't a release. You know, it's kind of sad. It's not very like bouncy. There's one song on there that's a little more upbeat, but, um, you know, I feel like it was just kind of a vent session, really. It was like, I need to get this out and then I can move on to the next thing. But, sure. you know, in the past, it was kind of like you put out a release and, you know, I mean, obviously you want to put out the songs you feel are the strongest and the ones that you feel are going to be catchy and whatever. In a way, you know, you're not trying to totally cater to people, but sure. it's like, you know, it's like, okay, I think this you song wanted is... to catch on. Right. It's like you think this is our strongest song, blah, blah, blah. But for this one, it was just kind of like, I just feel like I want to vent this all out and... So it was all good. And I met more people in the local music scene than I had known prior to leaving and, you know, made more friends. And really, it's like, it was great. Silver linings. There, Exactly. Big silver lining. Yeah. So it just, sometimes it just takes a little while, but. Totally. And you, you know. still got to go to Nashville. Exactly. And you I still, still got the experience out of it. Right. I still got that experience. I'm very fortunate. I did it all. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> That's rad. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm glad you were able to. Uh, you know, start taking care of yourself and, and realize the things that you needed to realize to uh, make yourself happy with just making music. That's kind of something that I've realized recently as well. It's just like, you know, <clears throat> it's almost like if you care too much about being successful, mm -hmm. your your music's going to suffer from that. Oh, for you sure. You know, yeah. where it's like if you really are passionate about like the songwriting process and making the song, um, the rest will follow, you mm -hmm. know, but like I think prioritizing just making the music is, is is the best thing that anybody can do 
you know, because it's like, and just make it for you. Like, maybe it doesn't work out. Probably not going to work out. Exactly. <laughs> but like the best way to try is to just make it for the purpose of making it, you know, stop worrying about, you know, how you're promoting it. Not stop worrying about it, but don't worry about that more than, you know. Than the it, music. Yeah, yeah. Don't do, don't do more photo shoots than play shows. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I think that's the probably the simplest way I could put it. Yeah, no, for sure. That's very true. Um, I don't know. Because it's a really cool thing once you once you give it all space to breathe and you kind of realize like, you know, to create is just awesome. and Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw you were doing a whole cover set. I am. Which is super exciting. Um, and you're doing that, an album. Live Through This. Is that the one? Is that like the one? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the yeah, one with yeah. Violet, Miss World. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Corgan co-wrote it, I believe. Yes, I I think he did, supposedly. Or maybe just a few songs. Supposedly, like, Kurt Cobain also co-wrote some of it. I mean, people kind of... So, <laughs> for a while, what kind of pissed me off is, like, listen, Courtney Love is, you know, I won't even go down that yeah. road because she's kind of, you know, her own thing going on there. But um, I did feel, when I was a little younger, that, like, is it just sexism of people being like, oh, well, she didn't write any of that. Right. And it's like, okay, but yeah. like, I feel like she must have done some of the work because... Yeah. I mean, she's a rock star. Right. She's it's like, crushing it. Yeah. yeah I've it's, always looked up to Courtney Love. Yeah, um, it's like, I, you know... I know she's like uh, problematic and a mess of a person, but yeah. like, <laughs> she's an artist and really talented and the, I love that album. Um, I think it's like cool that Billy Corgan wrote it. I, you know, rather than, oh, she didn't write it. Like, I'm like, oh no, she worked with the dude from smashing pumpkins on this. Like that's, that's amazing. Um, I love that album. I actually listened to that album a lot. Um, like over the last year. Uh, so I'm definitely going to try to come to the show and, and hear that. Um, what's the one song on that album that I really, really like? It's like a, not even a popular song on the album. There's a lot of really good ones. <laughs> uh, oh no no no! Wait, I'm thinking of Celebrity Skin. Oh okay. Well, Celebrity Skin has you that's know. the one that had Billy Corgan co-write. Okay, yeah, yeah, that one for sure. Then because yeah, Live Through This was kind of more rumored, but like, gotcha. you know, I kind of felt when people. I mean, even if it's true that you know Kurt Cobain helped write some of the songs, I mean, they were married. Like they were in the same house right. and they're both songwriters. So, yeah. I mean, is it that hard to believe that they're contributing at the same time? And totally. like I said, I'm not going to like go, I'm not like standing up for Courtney. Like I love Courtney yeah, love yeah, and yeah. love, but you know, yeah. I just felt like, I don't know. It just kind of felt sexist to me most of the time when totally. people make those criticisms. Yeah, like, I, yeah, oh, girls I mean, can't do that. Like right. they can't write. I mean, it's like the that. same thing with like people blaming Yoko Ono for the Beatles breaking. Oh, up, I know. You know, yeah. it's like, I actually, the, uh, just saw a whole TikTok thing that like Paul McCartney was on Howard Stern, like telling the whole story of how mm-hmm. the breakup happened. And it's like John broke up that like John Lennon broke up the Beatles. Like he did it because he was in love with Yoko Ono, but like don't blame just right. But you know, he had his own brain, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not like oh, you know, they put a curse on yeah. you and take you. I don't know. It's just so as I uh, you know try to like progress as a human being and like unlearn all of these things, you just start to realize like the the um blatant misogyny that just exists in all these everything and it's i mean it was the same thing with and this is again why i bring up taylor swift all the time because it was like you know it was so easy to shit on her Mm -hmm. you know because it was just uh i don't know the kanye thing and and uh how many people she dated right right she writes songs about her exes and it's like okay so does fucking everybody right you know yeah and it was just um 
yeah, there's just a lot of those things that you look back on. And it's the same thing with Courtney Love. Like, even, like, people who, like, think that she killed Kurt Cobain, you know? Like, I feel like that's just rooted in misogyny as well. You know, it's just easy to just blame yeah. the woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think that things are heading in the right direction slowly but surely. Sure. Um, it always takes, I think, a very long time yeah. for stuff to actually change. But, I mean, it's good that... A lot of people, I mean, including myself, and I've read other interviews with women artists and such who have said the same thing, or it's like, even women, we have our misogyny rooted in us too, because you're taught these things growing up. And I I mean, I even remember as a kid feeling like in a subconscious way, and I still think about this now, it's like that, you know, that women couldn't write their own music all by themselves and like, and women couldn't, um, you know, like, or like if a woman a rock star is a little pretentious or whatever, well then, like, I'm turned off by her. But like, there's fucking pretentious male rock stars all the time that people just excuse the behavior anyway. Because it's like, totally. well, they're really talented. But when like, what, when a woman is a little like, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're really turned off by her now. You know, it's just like, yeah. well, it's, it's just not, it, you know, it's stupid. So you just kind of have to reprogram yeah. and realize that. Those I mean, things. yeah. And that's everything. Like, we, yeah. we have to like understand that a lot of these things that exist in us that we think are natural mm-hmm. are actually taught and programmed like in our society that is patriarchal and colonial and that have kind of just like how we think things should be mm-hmm. are not necessarily how they are. Yeah. You know? And that's, sure. that's kind of a very eye opening thing that I've come to realize, you know, more and more, uh, over the last, I don't know, few years as I'm getting older, uh, and uh it's very interesting and once you start to realize that and view that through a kind of zoomed out lens if you will a lot of uh things start to clear up yeah (laughs) that's for sure yeah and i'm sure you've faced a lot of that being a woman in the music scene absolutely yeah like to a certain extent i guess i guess i felt really i've felt rather very fortunate in that um most of the time in the music scene in buffalo i've really felt respected and you know and most people have not made me feel and there's been a lot of times where i'm on bills with you know all men um but no one has made me feel as though i'm less than or in any way i'd say like most of that misogyny and sexism i experienced in the workplace in radio sure to be honest yeah. um not necessarily at all buffalo and you know I'm, right. i won't name names or anything but just in various times i definitely experienced things where you're like what yeah you know and it, i was so naive i mean when i was 22 going into it um <laughs> you know i guess or even like 20 when i really started working it, it's like i just hadn't had those experiences you know it's like i like you know, my, my dad's a really great person. I have a brother who's a really great person. Like, you know, I like, and the people, the men I had to burn around in my life, like hadn't like sexualized me or been like weird sure, and creepy. Sure. And so I really didn't realize that that was something to be on the lookout for. And yeah. when it started to happen, it was like, what? Yeah. You know, it just felt it, from another world almost. I guess I was really fortunate that I didn't even, I kind of had the wool over my eyes to yeah. be honest. And then yeah. once you realize it, you're like, well, this isn't, cool <laughs> totally yeah so well, that's good i'm glad uh the buffalo music scene isn't uh as fucked up as it could be i suppose or yeah it's probably a lot of other in my personal experience it hasn't right. been right right right. you know so yeah not i don't to, know not to say it doesn't happen but yeah yeah um interesting so uh so you're still doing stress dolls yes which is 
basically a solo project, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You know, I collaborate with people here and there, but sure, it's just kind of easiest to keep it solo at the moment. Nice. So what's going on with that? Anything? Uh, recording music. I mean, the record's actually technically done, pretty much. We're just mixing it, but um, it's just uh, it's been almost a year <laughs> since we started, and so it's been kind of a long time coming. Yeah. But uh, hoping to get it wrapped up sort of soon, and then it'd be great to release something from it <clears throat> before twenty twenty one ends. But uh, right. I guess I'm also just kind of maybe you can like weigh in on this. I'm wondering. <laughs> how to even release the music anymore. Cause I guess there's a side of me that really loves releasing stuff at once. I mean, I like to have a single and then like you release the rest. Yeah. But I feel like lately most artists are just releasing singles and not albums. Yeah. Um, I hate that. Yeah. Um, and that's just me liking albums. Um, I'm a huge album guy. I like only listen to albums. Mm -hmm. And so like, I get it, you know, we kind of live in this fast paced world where it's just like, you can only hold people's attention for so long. But I also think like the, that there's people like me who exist that appreciate a whole album. So like, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, post problems about to put on a, a, a 12 song album. Oh, nice. Um, congrats. Yeah. I don't know when, um, hopefully like, we're thinking September maybe I want I would really like to get it out by the fall because the record just sounds like fall in Buffalo okay you know and I just really want that to uh to resonate you know nice um but alas we're almost in August so we gotta start doing so it's it's basically done we, we got uh, a music video done um album art is almost there uh we're planning another video tomorrow oh nice um and then we're doing like one more video that we're gonna do for ourselves okay and hopefully we can just make this all happen by like the end of september that would be awesome so we'll see but uh i i mean we're gonna put out three singles okay and uh and then the the full album so we're still gonna do you know the single the album thing um which i like and i i don't think that's necessarily dead uh but I do know what you mean. You do see that a lot where artists are really just putting out like one song at a time and just calling it a day and just trying to ride it for a while. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. and I get it because I feel that people are fearful of attention spans and they want yeah. people to actually listen to the song. And so I, I get why that um, that happens. But the songs I'm releasing, I, I was split between whether to call it like, is it an album or is it an EP? Because it's six songs. Yeah. And I feel like it's that tweener. Where it's I just like, always, at that point, I call it a project. I'm a project. Putting out, putting yeah. out a project. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A project. So, but that's super popular right now, though. These like yeah. six, seven song albums mm-hmm. are like for the same reason, you know? Um, that uh, people are just putting out these small little projects. Uh, what I like, like there's this band, uh, Turnstile. Okay. That's like on their way to becoming like this gigantic band. They were like, I saw them at like, uh, and every time I die Christmas show, uh, a few years ago okay. and they were like a very small, they were like one of the first bands that played. Uh, and now they're just like this, they put out like this four song thing that was basically just like as a single or like a prelude to the album, Mm -hmm. they put out four songs as like one cohesive thing, but it's like part of a bigger album that's coming later. And they did like a whole visual thing with it. And it was really just like very different, like very new, super cool. And it worked really well. And now it's like, everybody is just like blowing up about it. And now they're touring with chief Keef. I just saw like, they're like a hardcore band and they're touring with like a really big rapper you know, and it's just because they just did this like weird, unique thing. So, yeah. um, I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of different ways you could do it. I guess I just, I like the idea of just doing a few singles and then just dropping a record, you know? And, um, 
you know, we're putting out 12 songs, which is, in, I guess, in this day and age is a lot. But, no, uh, but that's, you know, I think that's cool. I, I think, I mean, when you think about the bigger artists, I guess, you know, like artists who are nationally known and such or internationally known, yeah. um, they still are releasing albums. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift put out yeah. oh my God. two albums last year or three? She put out, well, technically, I guess three if you include the if you include the release yeah the re-release but i mean in folklore is 18 songs plus two bonus tracks what the fuck are we talking about yeah Yeah. you can do (laughs) whatever you want yeah right you can do whatever you want but i guess you know there's always a little voice in my head that's like well should you do the just the singles but now do whatever you want i know that's what i say i i mean that's what we are doing with this album is just like we are a band who likes full-length albums, albums yeah. you know and it's just like the music we're inspired by the artists we're inspired by make these 10 to 14 song albums mm-hmm. so that's what we want to do you know and we're doing it for us yeah you know not to try to like fit some mold or anything so right that's yeah. what you should be doing as we right. were saying before yeah that's what i'm saying put it and, and we're just like we're putting all this money and time into it and like putting it out ourselves like with no expectation like yeah. just as like hey we worked really hard on this so here it is right you know and that's it like yeah i really liked that uh counting crows cover you guys did. oh thanks that was a super last minute thing we decided to do we recorded that after the album that we're putting out okay which is cool. funny um yeah we just i don't know because the album was originally supposed to come out in 2020 mm-hmm. we were supposed to record it in april okay we didn't end up recording it till august because of covid and so um we you know weren't really we, we were kind of set back and it was like, all right, we haven't put anything out in like a year, so we should do something. So Charlie came up with the idea of like, let's put out this Counting Crow song, like about the end of the year. Like it was a tough year for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes so much sense to just do this. You know what I mean? So yeah, we did. I'm glad you like it. And that was kind of that realization moment of singing a lower register yeah. for me Okay, is that I sang this Counting Crow song and for the first time putting out a song people were like your voice sounds really good on this mm-hmm. which like is not a compliment i usually get not no. that it's like i'm not that anybody's ever said my voice was bad or anything but it was like yeah. you know good song good melodies whatever but like that was the first time people were like your voice sounds really good here mm-hmm. and that was kind of like uh, the okay and it and it was because i was very comfortable singing in that range you know so it's like all right i'm gonna try to write stuff more like this yeah and and, and kind of play to my strengths here so that was where that happened yeah, your voice does sound really good on it and it's actually i just heard it for the first time like very like maybe a week ago or something and i was like this is really good i tweeted about it oh for real i did I but no one it. answered the tweet oh that's okay did you have a question was it a no no oh. i was just i was just gonna say like oh this is really good you know uh, and so i tweeted so i was hoping like right, you well, guys go, would see it so I'll, you'd be like oh good i'll, I'll go find it and and, and, and toss you a like it's really time. okay if you yeah. <laughs> there we go back no, to it the, matters we've it come matters. full circle yeah right yeah <laughs> like my uh, tweet or else yeah. i don't feel validated but uh, and that's kind of now where i for at least for like my vocal style i'm kind of trying to be more inspired by the like 90s like Counting Crows, Gin Blossoms, Goo nice. Dolls, kind of Third Eye Blind kind of sound where it's like not, I mean, some Third Eye Blind songs are like very, very high, but mm-hmm. um, for the most part, they all kind of hang in this like middle range where it's like, it was cool then, 
like in the yeah. late 90s to kind of have this like lower registered kind of down the middle male vocal mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what our sound is molding into anyway as a band mm-hmm. so it's like all right this makes sense maybe i'll just you know um, i can adjust and and really uh again play to my strengths so yeah speaking of google dolls like how cool is it aren't they one of the best selling like artists of all time so when we were in the studio um they were recording upstairs okay and Johnny Resnick like sat in with us a few times um and like we got to play char I not we Charlie got to play one of two of his guitars nice on the album so it was like, a really cool experience especially like growing up with their music like mm-hmm. one of the first bands I ever loved and and probably the reason that I love Buffalo music so much is because it was like they were the band from Buffalo you right. know so um for wait what holy i just completely lost my train of thought why did you bring them up i was just saying how cool it was that they're from here but they're one of i think one of the oh, best yeah, selling yeah, yeah. artists all so time. when we were in the studio mm-hmm. we ended up looking because it was like how crazy is it that that the john resnick from the Google dolls was literally just like chilling in here with us you yeah. know and i'm just like how big really are they like trying to like gauge it you mm-hmm. know and i found a billboard list and i believe it was billboards top 200 pop songs from 1990 to 2010 mm-hmm. and iris was number one really number one charted pop song from 1990 to 2010 Shit. so it's like that's a pretty pretty significant yeah you know thing to own there and i mean that song is incredible like i never get sick of that song yeah like, it's insane but really like that band like just consistent from like superstar car wash which was 92 mm-hmm. i think through like let love in in 2004 2005 like Mm -hmm. just that just back to back completely changing their sound and just like never dropping off like yeah phenomenal it is crazy there's actually a super cool video on youtube look it up if you want sometime of the superstar car wash um record release at uh record uh, theater wasn't it i think it was at record yeah i've watched it have you watched that johnny johnny's wearing a backwards head he's got his bangs coming through the front yeah he looks so hot yeah yeah Yeah, i love that it's so cool well it's it's funny because i actually um i have i have some friends who are a little older than us and they like were around at that time and they're actually like in that video like young oh yeah like and it's so like to recognize them it's like oh my god yeah Yeah, because i've watched that before it's very very cool yeah it's awesome yeah i mean it is cool to see you know that just to grow up and like know that there's one of the biggest bands in the world even like when when i was a kid you know was from here you know and even like i mean robbie's parents live like right around the corner from oh me no too. way yeah oh that's was, super which cool is cool yeah and i was always involved in like um i played in when i was in middle school we had like a, a school oriented rock band that was basically just like school of rock you okay. know kind of thing uh that like a teacher ran and like it was all middle school students that played in the band and that was really like my start of performing mm-hmm. and like how i learned how to be an actual musician and like play in a band uh and we, we were would play music as art festival like every year. Um, so it was really, really cool for me to just like be involved in that, you know, from a super young age. So. Nice. I just burped. And it was gross. It's, all, it's all good. I usually try to move away from the microphone. But no, no worries. That, that kind of thing happens. It's really um, that fall up shirt is just phenomenal. Thank I meant you. to say something about it earlier on the pod. Oh, um, well, I'm glad I brought it up now. It's a take this to your grave cover shirt. Actually, yeah. funny story. So the original shirt I got, they misspelled Joe Troman. It said Joe Troham. So they sent me a, di- a new shirt. 
for free. How did that even possibly happen? I know. It's like, wow, big boo-boo on the yeah. part of the shirt company. But they did, if, to their credit, they sent one for free for out to I everybody. I think that's so interesting that they actually like were typing out the name, like the letters, instead of just like printing the album cover. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. But I was like, wow, they must have just not had the original artwork in that form yeah, to so be printed like on a shirt. It, which so, is kind of cool. So they had to remake it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's pretty sick this is one of you know one of my favorite well i have to say from under the cork tree is actually my favorite fall Boy album yeah because it's just like i go back and forth I've, I've changed my mind on it before at this point in time from under the cork tree is my number one take this to your grave is my number two okay i mean yeah, yeah that's how i'd say right yeah. and then kind of to be honest after from under the cork tree i mean i owned infinity on high i fit infinity on high was the only cd i ever pre-ordered really yeah i remember i went to fye okay uh and i don't remember what I was buying, but I just got talking to the dude working. Uh, and he's like, did you pre-order the new fallout boy at CD? And I was like, no, I didn't even know they were coming out with one. And then, you know, he just like totally got me and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll pre-order it. Why not? You know, I'll just make sure I have it. Uh, and then I got it. And then I was like, this is weird. Um, but I do actually going back to that album. Uh, I got the vinyl of infinity on high, okay. uh, last year. And it was my first time listening to that album, like probably since it came out. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's actually really good. And I, I, I gained a new appreciation for it. And it was like, they were just ahead of their time, I think. It was like, you know, yeah. uh, there was a easy transition from Take This to Your Grave to From Under the Cork Tree. Like it made sense, right. the transition of their sound. But then Infinity on High was like kind of like a little bit of a leap. It was super pop. Yeah. I mean, I think not to, don't get me wrong. I mean, they were always poppy for sure but i think especially at that time i mean they were my favorite band i was 14 when i got into from under the cork tree and uh i was obsessed with them and i got into take this to your grave the same summer and you know just like all fall boy all the time my whole freshman year high school like just i was in like fifth grade yeah Yeah. right it's just like like, i love this i remember seeing uh the sugar we're going down music video on mtv same i was like getting ready for school one day getting ready for catholic school Mm -hmm. and just like through mtv on i remember watching the sugar we're going down music video with the antlers and everything and i was just like oh i this is this i'm gonna i want my entire life to be surrounded by this kind of music right I mean? exactly like, it was like a whole movement you know just right. like at kids. that point in my life it was like only like blink 182 good mm-hmm. charlotte simple plan Sum 41 green day you know and then follow up what came out i was like oh this is new yeah this is kind of different you know i kind of felt like before them i really hadn't found my band yet you know right. what i mean it right. was like i had a really close friend who she kind of got me into like blink 182 um like we're saying green day Sum 41 like so i was into that but like I wasn't really passionate about it. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, I really like these bands, but I was kind of waiting for like that one to hit me and fall boy. It was just like, this is my shit. Like yeah. I, I loved them. And yeah, then same. Infinity on High came out and I was kind of, I, I like the singles. I liked the sing. I, it took me, I remember the um, scene, the scene, scene came out yeah, and I was like, song. okay, like yeah. I got used to it. I was like, all right, all right. And then the day the album came out, I walked all the way from so my my parents live kind of in the delaware park area so okay. i walked all the way from delaware park up to i don't know if you used to go to new world records no. by spot coffee on elmwood no so like in the snow walked all the way there just to get this this wow. record which it was a, a long way i can't yeah, think of it in miles walk. but it was yeah. a long walk um it's like a 10 minute drive so yes and yeah. got the cd like literally wearing like jeans and converse and snow like what was i thinking yeah. <laughs> ridiculous but then i remember i came home i put it on right away <clears throat> and i was just 
what the fuck is this? You yeah. know, it took it was me a just while. Weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- yeah and that's how, and I kind of gave up on it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but revisiting it recently, I was like, this is actually a super cool record. It just was like so different from yeah. the first two albums that it was just like my 13 year old brain was like, what the fuck is going on here? And, Dude, you know, that let, I got all this ringing into my ears, none on my fingers. That's a really good song. Yeah. And when I first heard it as a kid, yeah. I just couldn't get uh, it. Hum Hallelujah, I think it's on that album too. Hum, yeah, that, that is song's too. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Thanks for the Memories was a single, but that, that, that song a really is amazing. It's really good song. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a good album. Yeah. It is a good album for sure. It, it grew on me over time and definitely as an adult now, I can appreciate a lot of it more yeah. than I could when I was a kid. When you're a kid, I feel you have so much, you have like an allegiance to these artists and you really, right. as much as, you know, when you're an adult, you get it. It's like, people get bored they want to experiment they want to change but when you're a kid you're just thinking like i loved you this way why are you changing like what's going on and then you know you just don't have that insight yet to realize like people don't stay the same forever there are there (laughs) were some bands that it was like they could literally put out an album of them shitting and i would have loved it you know what i mean they're like just because it was them like i remember when when blinkly two put out neighborhoods when i and i'm like 16 right they just got back together they put out a new album and I like didn't even care. Like it could have literally been anything, but just because it was a Blickway Two album, I was like, "This is the best," you know. And now I go back and I'm like, ah, "I don't really like that album <laughs> that much," you know. But uh, I just liked it so much at the time, just because it was Blickway Two was back together. Like I didn't care what they put out; I just wanted new music from them. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that happens a lot. Like, I mean, Jimmy World has never put out a bad album. Dude, yeah. I, well, okay. I wouldn't say it's bad, but the least favorite of mine is Invented. Which is, I don't even... You don't know that one? I probably do. I've listened to all of them, but I really only, like, Clarity to Chase This Light is pretty much where I hang out. Okay. Well, the latest album is actually pretty good, I liked it a lot. I listened to it maybe three or four times, but it's not something I'm going to... Keep listening But at the same time, you know, like... They don't put out bad albums, but it's just like it doesn't pull me in. Like, you okay, because Integrity Blues actually. Integrity Blues is actually. Phenomenal. I was gonna say that is a great. If record. I had to get like an honorable mention, it's that one. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. But yeah. Invented came out probably around like 2011, 2012, yeah. and like I, you know, I love them through it. But I was like, I don't. I think I've listened to that record once, right? Like all the way through, and then I've listened to singles maybe a couple times, and I'm like, yeah, not for me. But Third Eye Blind's most recent album was really good, with the exception of one song that was terrible okay um and it was like such a bummer that that one song literally just like ruined the whole album for me like i really liked it i was like wow third eye blind is putting out like heat right now really like, really good record. i didn't even check it out because i was and like then, this probably isn't worth my time yeah so. <laughs> no it's it, but there was just one song and i don't remember what it was i was like i don't know he just tried to be like more like postmodern than that band should ever be yeah and it was just like you fucked up like <laughs> You Don't ruined do that. the whole record for me, yeah. You know, a band that I think keeps getting better and better with every release is Paramore. I agree. Yeah. I yeah. feel like they really... I, I'll say that... So I liked All We Know Is Falling when it came out. And then Riot came out and I... I was like, meh, but then Brand New Eyes, great. Uh, Paramore's another band that I've literally been listening to since they came out. Right? It's yeah. like self-titled, in, amazing. Yeah. And then After Laughter, yeah, holy shit. World, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, After Laughter is fucking So phenomenal. good. Uh, like, have you listened to... Uh, Haley Williams her Pedals solo Farmer, stuff yes yeah yeah that's amazing I like that yeah, a lot super yeah. super good mm-hmm. um, yeah Paramore was like when I was in like seventh grade and I first started playing in a band um, we had uh, two girl singers and okay. so we were like let's 
play Paramore songs. Like Paramore had to put one album out, you know. Um, I think Crush, Crush, Crush. That's Riot. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Okay, so what was the what was the big song on the first one? Um, pressure. Was it pressure or emergency? Maybe it was pressure. Um, we. I, I can feel. Yeah, 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 the yeah, 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 yeah. I thought there was a, there was. A, might be another one that maybe it wasn't a big song, but I really liked it off that. But anyway, that's what like, but we tried covering it and then realizing like, oh, this band's actually super good. And these songs are super hard to play um, and for the girls to sing. So it's like, it's just not going to happen. She's know? an incredible vocalist. She's one of the best. Yeah. One of the best. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. uh, obsessed with Haley Williams. always have been. Um, and she's been through some shit and I'm sure she has more to say about misogyny in the industry than fucking anybody, especially being in, you know, the scene of yeah that that she was in that like warp tour pop punk yeah. male dominated scene yeah absolutely and she was just so right. young and they were the fucking best band in it <laughs> forever and all yeah forever that band is unreal and that's i mean i think that just goes to show like just like the kind of society that we live in is just like paramore should be regarded as like like the queen of our era you know, of with with how good they are consistently, mm-hmm. and how hard they work, if they just don't get it. You know, yeah, I think Elton John gave them major kudos though. On really, After that's Laughter. Sick. Yeah, I yeah. think he was like, "This is After like Laughter the best pop nuts. record of the year," and why isn't anyone talking about There's it? There's a it's really like, good yeah. podcast episode with Haley Williams on. Uh, it was like an Apple Music podcast. I don't remember the guy who does it. The bald guy with glasses. One Zane Lowe. Of, yes, thank you. Yeah, I knew you would know. Uh, that dude. That's like Zane Lowe is like who I aspire to be as a podcaster. You know, like the way he just gets like so deep into conversation, like and just allows Haley Williams to just open up and be vulnerable, and then she starts like crying, telling these stories on this podcast. If you've never listened to that episode, I should the, check it out. The two of them. It's unbelievable and like i have more respect for her than fucking anybody else in that in that scene so yeah intense yeah well i think you're doing a really good job with your podcast hey thanks yeah. i appreciate it i'm enjoying sitting here and chatting with you it feels very natural i i even uh it's funny because when i do things that are recorded not that it's been a while but um i've there there go the one goes i always try and be really conscious of my likes you knows and ums yeah and so when oh, i sit you down know guy through and through yeah i'm just like okay like i'm not gonna do it and i'm like i'm gonna be in control but i always know when i'm actually enjoying the conversation i get kind of excited yeah they're gonna happen yeah. <laughs> and they're they've definitely started happening during the course of our talk yeah. so i i've been enjoying um, this um, conversation liking, you know are like there there's i they don't stop you know and when i listen back to the episodes they're all i hear but Nobody who listens to it says anything, so I think it's fine. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we'll just sweep that one under the rug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is funny, but it, it's funny when I get into like really a, a passionate thing that I'm talking about, it doesn't come out at all. Interesting. Like I just I just start rapid firing about something. So I like when that happens, and it usually takes a while to get to that point. So I'm sure we got to that point at, uh, somewhere in there when we were talking about Somewhere it, so. in the mix, yeah. Yeah. Um, we could wrap this up though. Uh, I think that was amazing hour and 20 minute conversation. Wow. Was it that long? Flies by. Oh my God. Flies by. That's how you know it's a good episode. Oh man. Okay. Well, hopefully the listeners enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure they did. We we talked about a lot of good stuff, but, uh, Chelsea, thank you for coming on. Um, check out stress dolls on social media and when you'll be playing next. Uh, when is that Mohawk show? August 13th. August 13th is, so that's this nineties cover night, Mm -hmm. which I saw and I was like, I am bummed that i'm not playing this and doing something next time but yeah 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 if, if it if it happens again definitely let me know i'd love to um do a whole cover set of something from the 90s my favorite era of music so uh i'm definitely gonna gonna go i 
hopefully if I don't have something else going on, but I will, uh, I won't hold you to it. Don't worry. I'm just Hopefully saying, you it, can it, make it, it just sounds very cool um, yeah. to just hear a bunch of full albums get played mm-hmm. um, from, again, in my opinion, the best decade of, of pop music. So. I'd say, yeah, it's, yeah. it's up there. Um, anything else going on that you want people to know about? Um, you know, I think just if you can come to the shows, great. Uh, look out for new music. And if you want to follow on social media, that's always appreciated just because... It's kind of the way now that we get out news. I like that you put it out like if you want to do this, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna you know be like I'm not gonna force you or yeah, anything. Or but beg, yeah, yeah, you know, if you if you want to, that'd be cool. And if cool. not, that's chill too. You know, All right. catch you on their side. Yeah. Awesome, sounds good. <laughs> thanks, Chelsea, for coming on. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Aiden. <laughs>